This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And I don't want it to sound like it's like I don't care about what I did before now that I'm a mom. It's just my priorities are so much different. Like, yeah. to me, the most important thing, obviously, is her. Before, when I would go out there, it was like my whole life, my whole world was Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. This time it wasn't. This time it was go in, work when I'm working, come home and I'm a mom full time. Let's take a breath. <sighs> Hey guys, I'm Cindy Litwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you're well. I hope that you're enjoying this holiday season, that Thanksgiving was great if you celebrated last week and that you're doing well. We have a great, amazing guest on today. I love her so much. Her name is Lindsay Arnold. She was on many seasons of Dancing with the Stars. She was on season nine of So You Think You Can Dance, made it to the top eight. And then after leaving the show, she did the tour. And then immediately after that, she got a call to do Dancing with the Stars as a pro. So her career path and her resume is pretty in- impressive. She has done what is the pinnacle for a dance career for dancers. That's like the ultimate goal is to end up on a show like Dancing with the Stars or So You Think You Can Dance and to do so well on both of those shows is very impressive. Lindsay is also very active on social media. She has some brands that she has started with her sisters. She also has her own fitness platform that was birthed out of the pandemic and when she was pregnant with her first child called The Movement Club. And she's actually now pregnant as well for a second time. So she's got a lot going on. She's super down to earth, very open and a dream to interview. I love talking with her. I think you guys are going to get a lot from her. She's definitely someone that's inspiring, whether you are someone that is in the arts or is seeking a similar career to Lindsay, or you are someone who is wanting to start their own business, or you're a mom, or literally anything. She is full of inspiration and an example that truly anything can be possible if you're open to it. I love speaking to people like her who can give that insight into how they did it for their own lives and how they're continuing to pursue their passions as their life evolves, which is exactly what Lindsay is doing. So like I said, you'll love her. Definitely one that you want to share with a friend, family, anyone that can relate to Lindsay or her story. Definitely send it to them. Or if you tag us, 
on social media, tag myself or Lindsay so that we can repost you. So my something to share, I feel like it's kind of random, but I was thinking about it on Thanksgiving break. We'd always talked about with my parents because I took a long time to find a relationship and we all know this, but Nick is my first relationship and we met when I was 29. So pretty late in life. I did date a lot or tried to date a lot in my 20s, didn't do that so successfully. I was always told to stay open, that it can happen at any moment, blah, 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 just be ready, that you never know when you're going to meet the person. But I think now looking back, and I was, again, thinking about this over the break, that I definitely waited, and I think I waited for so long because it took me a while to be ready to be fully vulnerable with someone and to understand who was truly deserving of that vulnerability. I think that's like the thing everyone tells you is like the most strength that you can have is to be vulnerable and to always be open and share your heart and blah, blah, blah. But I'm honestly glad I protected my heart for so long because then I found someone who was truly deserving of my openness and my vulnerability because if I hadn't waited so long to start dating Nick or to get into a relationship with Nick, then I would have given away a part of myself or a part of my heart to people who really didn't deserve it. And I would have done it at a time where I wasn't ready to do that, where I wasn't I wasn't strong enough for that vulnerability. And that's going to happen for everyone at different points of their life. So you may be ready to do that at like 20 or 17 in high school, or you might take a lot longer to be ready for that. And I just want to invite you to take your time. You know, it's always like a rush. I always felt like, where is he? Why haven't I found him yet? I always felt like such a rush to figure out who my person was going to be. Or I mean, that's such a lame term, but to figure out like who I wanted to spend my life with. It took a long time. And looking back, I'm glad it took that long. It helps me to really appreciate him once I met Nick and when he came into my life versus me just, if I were to go through my 20s, just like openly giving my heart to anyone who batted an eyelash at me. It would have been really hard for me to continue to stay open all those years. So I would say it's okay to guard your heart. I wouldn't lock it up behind a bunch of different walls and keep yourself super guarded that you don't let anyone in. But it's okay to be careful with who you let into your life because that is a very special place for someone to be. Someone, if you let someone be that close to you and if you let someone into your inner circle and into your heart, that's they should be deserving of that. And if it takes you longer to figure out who is deserving of that and who you actually want that person to be, that's okay. So don't feel like you need to rush don't feel that pressure because I know especially at this time of year you go sit down at the dinner table and then your aunts and uncles or your grandma's like so when the heck are you gonna get married or when are you gonna meet the guy or when are you gonna stop being single and blah 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 and it's a lot of pressure and it's kind of annoying conversation that naturally happens at this time of year so stay true to yourself don't feel like you need to jump into something, take your time, guard your heart, and wait to give it to someone that's very much deserving of you. Because that's what I want for everyone out there, whether you're in a relationship or you're looking for a relationship or you're just chilling, you know, I want you to feel good about your inner circle. That was kind of a tangent I went on when I was in the bathroom getting ready. I was like, you know what? I'm glad I waited this long to meet Nick. I'm glad I 
did it a little bit later in life because I gave, I was able to give him something that would have been harder for me to hand over my heart and my trust if I had just been giving it willy nilly over the years. Um, there's no right way about going through relationships or how you're going to date or whatever it is. But for me personally, if you're someone that's similar to me and that you know that you need more time and that you need to be guarded and that you're almost a little bit sensitive when it comes to those things, it's okay to be guarded and to not just openly fall head over heels for people because you feel like everyone else is doing that. For example, when I was on The Bachelor, that was always like the thing like you have walls up, you need to break those walls down, you need to be more open, you need to be more vulnerable, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, okay, I don't feel like it yet. Like I don't feel like this guy that I'm talking to is necessarily deserving of that vulnerability, you know? So you guys will know yourselves best and what works best for you. So I'm just offering that as an option if you feel the pressure of finding a relationship or falling into something or giving your heart up very easily like I feel like most people tell you to do. So just a different option. I hope you guys have a great holiday season. I know Christmas is coming up or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate. So I just hope that you're around people that you love and that you're using this time to just enjoy and rejoice in a beautiful year and an even better year to come. That's my something to share. Please enjoy this episode with Lindsay. You guys will love her. I loved her. And like I said, share the episode. Without further ado, guys, here is Lindsay Arnold. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited about this. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you and get to know you better. And like, I, this is so fun. I love when I get to meet people the first, like for the first time on a podcast. I know. Because I feel like we dive in more than we ever would if we were like just actually meeting somewhere out in public. So I love it. I know. It's hilarious. You're like, hit record and let's be vulnerable. Let me, tell yes, me everything. Exactly. I've not seen your face before, but here we are. Yeah. I'm all for it. I love it. I love it too. Um, well, let's just go ahead and jump in. I have a couple initial questions so we can like break the ice. Um, first one I ask of everyone is to share an object. So it can be with you physically or not, either an object from your nightstand, something that's like surprising or something with an interesting backstory. So anything that you got. Ooh, okay. Well, literally like inches from me is my Stanley. Um, this is <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> like I literally take this everywhere with me. Um, mm -hmm. It's even worse now that I'm pregnant. I am like something that, that kind of goes along with it is I'm like an avid water drinker. I don't really drink anything else. I don't mm -hmm. do soda, caffeine, coffee, like nothing. The only thing I can really drink is water. So I am consistently drinking water. It's at my bedside. I mean, I have multiple, so I don't have to take the same one everywhere, but 
Yeah. That is a necessity for me, especially being pregnant now too. I'm like consistently drinking all day long. Constant and peeing all, all day oh, long. <laughs> it makes it worse. I'm like, great. I'm really just setting myself up for multiple bathroom breaks. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I actually first got my Stanley. I did like a collaboration with them when they first came out with the tom- the quenchers. And I was like, oh, it's a water bottle. That's cool. And then I didn't realize it was going to change my entire life. Oh, until... Literally, it's a game changer. Like I'm so, well, here's the thing. I'm glad it's getting hype, but I'm also annoyed because then yeah, I go you can't get one, them I can't get one I'll have it in my cart and then I'll be like putting in my credit card information it's like it's gone I'm like this is mm-hmm. not okay so I kind of like wish it wasn't so popular so that I could still get the ones I wanted but I'm also glad that everybody understands that yeah the best ever we're on the same page and they just came out with the ones that don't spell yes which is really exciting one it's amazing I tried to get it, but they were sold out. So I got lucky. I got real lucky on that one. I was a little aggressive. So we're happy about that. Yeah. No, you know, no free ads here, but free ads. Yeah, I know, right? Seriously. We're like, anyways, everyone buy Stanley. I know. We didn't even plan this. It just worked Mm-mm. out. Just just connected. Um, second question. Anything that's been on your heart or mind lately? Well, I just recently found out I was pregnant. Um, that's just been honestly at the top of my brain for the past couple of weeks. Like yeah. I'm just I I've already had a baby. So like, I know the process. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different this time around, but it's also even crazier because I know the process. Like Mm -hmm. I know what all of these changes mean. I know what's coming. I know that I'm going to like have this precious little child that I'm going to love with all of my heart so Mm -hmm. soon. And it's kind of like overwhelming because I understand like, oh my gosh, my heart is going to grow like 15 times overnight. And it's just, it's such a cool feeling because this time around, I feel like I'm more aware of what's coming. Whereas last time it was just like all new. So that's definitely been on my heart. It's probably will be for the next like eight months. So congratulations. (laughs) Knowing all of that from before, is there anything that you're going to differently this pregnancy? Are you just like kind of embracing certain things more like anything from having a different experience? Yeah, I think like... It's already a little bit different only because it's not as new. I will say like, Mm -hmm. I was very, I was very open with my first pregnancy, which I'm very proud of. I was like excited about all the changes. I wanted to get a bump. I was like, Oh, please. I took a bump every single day. I feel like going into this next one, it's a little bit different. Not that it's not as magical, but because it's not the first time around, I'm not like noticing those as much. So I will say like, I'm trying to like capture some of the like magic that I let myself feel in the first pregnancy because mm-hmm. there's all the things that are hard, the nausea and the exhaustion. And it's even harder now that I have a toddler running around. Oh yeah. So a little bit different, but I'm trying to just like, remember how, like kind of really focus on more like the beauty of what it is and like really just remember how incredible it is, which I know, but I think with my first pregnancy, it was easier because it was all new and it was so exciting. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to really like capture that same mentality. Yeah. So instead of like leaning into the exhaustion, you're like, no, remember the first time I was super pumped on this exhaustion and super it, pumped about puking in the morning. It's so true. Cause it's, yeah. that's the truth. I was so pumped. I was like, oh my gosh, that means I'm pregnant. Like I feel sick because I'm pregnant. So I'm trying yeah. to keep that mentality, but it's hard, but it's, it's awesome. And I mean, I'm just so grateful. That's such an exciting time. It's something that I haven't done yet, but I've witnessed it a lot with like friends, family, people I've worked with, and I'm very much looking forward to that aspect of life. And yeah, you make it sound really exciting and really fun. So. It really is the absolute best. Like it's just, it's the best. I love it. But then it's also really fun to have that phase of life before. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's all good. You just enjoy every phase of life that you're in. And it really is so incredible. Yeah. Embracing the moments, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, let's jump into you a little bit more. I would love to hear a little bit more about your career because I, I, people see Dancing with the Stars. It's been on TV forever. They've seen So You Think You Can Dance. It's been on TV forever. But I don't think people really understand like 
what that actually takes to get to those places like that is like the pinnacle of a dancer's career people aim for that and you've been on that show for many many years which is very impressive I would just love for you to talk about just your journey to getting to that place because it you see it from the outside you're like she just ended up there and everything worked out like I would love to see the behind the scenes of all of yeah. that yeah well so growing up I mean and going back to the beginning of my career like what even started this passion was dancing I and the oldest of four girls my parents put me in dance neither one of them were dancers so it's kind of weird that they just like chose for me to do dance but I also feel like that's very common put mm-hmm. your daughters into dance class see if they like it I yeah. started when I was like four and I guess I did pretty well at it because they kept me going but then it was around eight years old where the studio that I was training at and I feel like it's very common knowledge now that Utah dance studios and dancers it's very intense like I was gonna say what is in the water in Utah <laughs> I don't actually know I honestly think what it was is that there was so much of us and so many of us that actually went on to do a lot of really cool things like when mm-hmm. I was young I got to watch Derek and Julianne Huff go and do Dancing with the Stars. I got to watch Allison Holker, Chelsea Hightower mm-hmm. go and do So mm-hmm. You Can Keep Dance. And these were people that I danced at the same studio at. So yeah. I think it was like, we always had somebody that was kind of showing us what we could do with dancing. And it really just propelled us further. We also were really lucky to have like some of the best instructors and dance trainers in the world come to Utah. Mm-hmm. Don't really know why, but a lot of them just did. I think because they knew that's where a lot of the dancers were. So did that, got really serious with that around eight years old. And then from there, it was like my whole entire life. I mean, Mm -hmm. conventions every weekend, ballroom competitions, wherever we could fit them in, training all day, every day, like going to school. I still went to public school, which I'm really grateful for. Like, I'm glad I like a normal <laughs> growth with that. Like it felt like I like, cause because I was so busy with dance, like I never really hung out with friends after school, but like, I still felt like I had that connection. Mm-hmm. So all of that. And then it wasn't until it was my senior year in high school. This is when, so you think you can dance was like at its peak. Mm-hmm. I watched it every time. Such good times. I know the best show. Like I love that show so I much. Know. I remember we like would go to the, the tours and like wear the t-shirts yeah. and just, yeah. And just be the biggest fans ever. Yeah. And I every single week, like I was a diehard. Simultaneously, I'm also watching Dancing with the Stars. And I loved that show. But I will say as a dancer, I feel like So You Think You Can Dance is like your show because you're watching yeah. incredible dancing every single week. Mm-hmm. So that show, I, I turned 18 my senior year of high school and they were coming to Salt Lake City to do the auditions. I turned 18 in January. Auditions were February. So it was like perfect timing. But naturally, I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Like, I was like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to go do that. That's so embarrassing. I'm not going to like go and fail. My mom forced me to, which I'm grateful for her. She, she kind of, I won't say she forced me to do a lot of things, but she did. She'd be like, no, Lindsay, you're doing this. And I'm really glad because I think for me personally, I needed that extra push. Yeah. So I went, auditioned for that, made it to like the Vegas week, which wasn't until summer. It was like June. So after I had graduated, Mm -hmm. All this time, I'm still just like, oh, I just got lucky. So I actually was like, I had a full academic scholarship. I was enrolled in college. I was going to start classes in the fall. Like, oh, dang, it's <laughs> my plan. I'm like, we'll just yeah. see what happens here. But like, I was not going to just not have a plan B. Yeah. So that was all set in stone. And then we went to Vegas week, made it to the next round and then find out I made it on the top 20. And then after that, it was just like everything happened so fast. Mm-hmm. I was flown out to L.A., living there, filming the show. That experience was insane just because. I'm literally a freshly graduated teenager, never lived on my own, going out to LA, being on TV. um, It was a really good, like eye-opening experience for me. And my first time really like dancing professionally like that. Yeah, that's intense. I learned a lot. I learned a Uh lot through that. And then after that show was over, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to college now. Like that's Mm -hmm. done. Now I go to college because I kind of thought that was it. I'm like, I got to do the coolest thing ever. Um, But then they're like, we want to do a tour. So we all go on tour. 
And it was about midway through the tour where I actually got contacted by one of the Dancing with the Stars producers. They're like, we saw you on the show this last season. We loved you. We'd love to like have you for maybe next season. Like we're, we just want to see if you're interested. That's an insane phone call. (laughs) Oh, it was insane. But again, like I, looking back at myself, I'm like, Lindsay, what, like, why didn't you just like have a little bit more like faith in yourself? Cause I get that like, oh, I'm sure they call everybody else. I think you can dance. Like I was just like, it's not going to (laughs) happen. So that happened, that conversation happened, but I'm on tour. So I'm like, I can't do this season. Cause they wanted, we were maybe going to do the fall season. They're like, we'll look at you for the next one, which is in the spring. Come home from that, come home from tour, maybe two months go by. I'm still kind of in talks, but I'm still also just very much like this probably isn't going to happen. And then it was like a couple, well, it was maybe like two weeks before this, the rehearsals would start for dancing with the star season. And I remember the producer like texting me being like, Hey, like, how tall are you? Like, how, what's your age? How tall are you? Sending that information. A week goes by. I hear nothing. I get a call. Mm-hmm. They're like, Hey, Lindsay, we want you to be a pro on Dance with the Stars this season. Like it was oh. just like that. There was no like build up. It was that. And then they're like, also, we need you here in two days to start yep. with your partner. Just yeah. like, I'm sure that's <laughs> how it happened for you. Every on- freaking show I've ever talked to anyone. They're like, you don't hear anything forever, forever. And then you're like, oh, it's probably not going to happen. Like I haven't heard from them. And then they're like, Hey, actually you made it. And can you be here tomorrow? And you're, and like, you're like, uh, <laughs> but then of course you're like, yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'll just, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, mm-hmm. I freaking packed up everything I could into my car, drove myself to California, moved in, started the next day dancing with my partner. And then from there, it's been, oh my gosh, 14 seasons after that. Like, it's wow. just so crazy looking back at like the time frame. I mean, timing, I feel like things really fell into place, but then also just the mentality that I had at the beginning, I just, it's funny how I just kind of didn't really see it until it was already there. And then it's like, uh-huh. oh, whoa, this is what we're doing. And yeah, so that's kind of it. That was a lot. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing story. I almost wonder because you had that mindset of like, eh, we, it probably won't happen. They probably t- call everyone that it almost helped you in a way, not like overthink it or overstress it. Absolutely. I don't know. No, yeah. absolutely. Because I think if I had been anticipating it, waiting, I think it would have, I mean, it would have been really, really tough on me. Like even mm-hmm. just, I remember once I like made it to like Vegas week of so you think you can dance, it put the pressure on because you're just like anticipating this thing coming and you're stressed mm-hmm. and you put stress on yourself. So I am kind of glad because jumping into that first season of Dancing with the Stars, I was coming in and I'm just like shot out of cannon. Yeah. Here we go. I didn't have time to like overthink it, overstress, mm-hmm. try to like over prepare myself. So I think in a way it was good, but now, but like, I feel like that was also a good lesson for me to be like, don't underestimate your possibilities and like what you can yeah. do. Like be prepared because it's some, like you never know what opportunity is going to come. So I'm very grateful for both of those. Oh, that's incredible. And I'm also thinking just being thrown into that situation, being like, okay, here you are on national television, figure it out. Like I just left my home two days ago. That's so wild. So hard. And you were like 18 at the time, weren't you? I was 18. Yeah. So you think you, so, so you think you can dance was my first experience and it was so hard, but it wasn't very different than what I was used to doing already. Apart from the fact it was on TV and people were judging me in front of millions of people. Mm-hmm. But I went in a room, a choreographer taught me a dance. I had to execute it the best that I could. I'm like, this is what I do all the time. Yeah. So the stress level of it was hard, but then going on to Dancing with the Stars was a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. I am 18 years old. I am now responsible for my partner. I'm responsible for choreographing his dance, yeah. teaching him the steps, coming up with a costume, coming up with the creative, all these things that I had never done before. <laughs> And I'm not going to lie. It was pretty terrifying. Like it was intimidating. And I mean, when I look back on what 
I did my first season, I'm like, oh my gosh, you've come such a long way. Like <laughs> I definitely got better because that was something you have to learn. And like, you have to, I mean, choreographing is something that you get better at the more you do it. Just mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny to look back at kind of just the stuff that I did the first couple seasons and then how much it kind of changed and evolved and you learn. And I mean, when people ask me which one's harder, a hundred percent dancing with the stars, oh, like yeah. a million times over, it's, it's a tougher job altogether, but it's also, I don't want to say more rewarding, but it is a little bit because everything you do is like, it's me. It's my mm-hmm. choreography, my creativity, my teaching skills. Like it very much relies on me, which can be also a little bit sad when it's like, oh, that sucked. It was terrible. And you're like, yeah, oh. but when it's good, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, have, before we like move on from Dancing with the Stars, I just have some like back questions, like teaching these people who literally have no no clue about dance I mean some of them have come from like gymnastics or things like that but like how does that actually work like how like what are the fundamentals that you picked up on like to figure out how to because it's impressive what they end up like learning over the span of the time that they're on the show like what is it about you guys that you're able to actually make that happen so it's actually crazy because I've uh-huh. had such a wide range I've only had one partner who was actually like had a dance background and it was mm-hmm. amazing he was so great and teaching him was so different But then Mm -hmm. I've had a ton, pretty much all the rest of my partners have had no dance experience. And it really like, it's a learning curve for the pros because you have to get inside your partner's head and understand the way that they learn best. Some of them are really visual learners. So you have to show them every single thing that they're doing in the dance or whatever the step is, you have to show it to them. Some of them need to be explained every single thing. You're like, literally, like I've had partners with like, which way is my toe pointing? I'm like, okay. (laughs) Let's break this down a little bit, but you really have to like, you have to learn your partner. And that takes maybe like, that's why at the beginning of the season, we have like two and a half weeks before the first show. And those two and a half weeks is yes, teaching them the first dance, but it's also really like getting to know how they learn, Mm -hmm. how they respond to things. And then the other thing that I've always learned, and I, I say this to a lot of my friends and like, we kind of all say it to each other, other pros. It's like, it's always going to happen. Like, I think there's times when you start out the week, if you have a partner who's like, just cannot get it together, like no matter what you are going to dance on Monday night, it's going to happen. So just attack it like that. Mm -hmm. If you ever get in your head and like, if your partner gets in their head of like, I can't do this, it's like, well, you're going to like, it's going to happen. So let's attack it and let's make it work. And a lot of, I think what makes a good pro on the show is adapting to your partner's strengths and weaknesses. Like you can go in with a piece of choreography that you're like, this is the best thing we can do, but it doesn't match them. It doesn't fit them. It doesn't show them off Mm -hmm. and being able to adapt to what they're good at is what I believe makes a good pro. And I just, sorry, I have a couple more questions. (laughs) Please ask everything. Because I know as a female, then are you leading the guys? Because generally with ballroom, the guys are leading the girls. So are you having to lead these guys? Yes. A (laughs) hundred percent. There's been maybe two or three partners of mine where I've gotten to the point with them later in the season where I'm like, I've been able to teach them how to lead me. And it's the best feeling ever because that's how it feels good to dance as a woman is to be led. Yeah. Yes. I can back lead the crap out of anyone. It's so what will happen (laughs) is like, on the show, we'll do like opening numbers with the other pros and Uh the guys will always joke like, you girls, like, it's hard to turn it off. Like when we're like muscling them, (laughs) moving them around the floor, like you literally know, that's what's so funny is as the pro, you know, every step your partner's supposed to be doing, you know, where their spot is supposed to be. So it's like, you know, your steps and then all of theirs. And you're basically just like muscle memory, what you're doing, and then actively doing what they're supposed to do, if that makes sense. But then when you get with a pro partner, I have to like, shut it off. I have to be like, yeah, 
just move me instead of like trust <laughs> it takes a second and we always joke like the pros will be like Lindsay take it out like chill chill it out I'm like okay yeah I forget you can actually dance I don't have to pull you through this so oh my goodness it's so much that I feel like people watch it and they're like oh maybe that wasn't a good dance but there's so much going on in the back that you don't actually think about that it's like very impressive like it's, it already is impressive what you guys do but thinking about all of those like little intricacies is intense yeah that's always like the hardest part is like especially to like I'm watching the season as a fan. And like when I, when the judges will make comments, like I just didn't blah, blah, like I'll get so heated. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I feel like as a pro too, you can tell the effort that's being put in. When I watch yeah. the other, when I watch my friends dancing with their partners, I can see that they're still counting their partner through it. And I'm like, that means he doesn't know how to count music, which means <laughs> that's really hard or yeah. telling them what to do with their arm, like arm out. Like I'll watch them mouthing those words. And that to me tells me like, okay, they, they probably don't really feel comfortable yet with choreography. So it's like, I have so much empathy for mm -hmm. celebs and for the pros. Cause like you really, you see a snippet of what goes on throughout the week. But yeah. at the end of the day, everybody is there to really work hard and they all do their absolute best. So I'm always like, no, don't be mean. Like it's so yeah. hard because you're just like, if you could just be in the room the whole week with us, you would see how much effort they're putting in. So it's hard. I have two more questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quick. One is, how many hours are you actually training with them? In the beginning, everybody gets a little bit less time because there's a ton of couples and there's only so many dance studios that they can get us into. So typically mm -hmm. it's like four hours every day, each couple. So okay. you have your shows on Monday, then you have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four hours every day. Um, that's just with your partner. But then if there's opening numbers or anything like that, like we have like extra rehearsals in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sundays you get to rehearse with your partner as long as you choose to, but that's our camera blocking day. So that's where we go yeah. on set. We actually get to rehearse on the stage with the lighting, with all the cameras there. And that's about a 45 minute to an hour rehearsal for just the celebs. But then also we have to camera block everything else that we're doing throughout the show. So that's like a pretty full day. Mm -hmm. And then if you choose to, you're like, oh, let's go to the studio and work on what we did at camera blocking. So Starts out with like four hours by the end when you're doing multiple dances, like if you're making it to the quarter semis and finals, like you're there six hours, seven hours, eight hours every single day. Yeah. I always joke like the last two weeks of the show, if you're still in the competition, it's like a nine to nine. That's not even a joke because then on top of all that, you're like doing opening numbers, you're doing fittings, you're doing interviews, like it's a full, full time job once you're once you're really well, honestly, the whole time, but it just yeah. the longer you get on the more rehearsal time you kind of put in. I feel like the celebrities probably don't all know that what they're actually really signing up for. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's so funny. I've had so many partners. Most of my partners don't live in LA. Mm -hmm. um, they live somewhere else. So we'd have to fly every week. And it's so funny because they're just so naive. They're like, yeah, we'll just fly and then we'll rehearse the next day. I'm like, no, we'll fly and rehearse that day. And then yeah. we'll probably have to do a red eye because we're not going to miss a day of rehearsal. And I think in the beginning, they're like, no, we'll be fine. But then eventually they're like, oh gosh, yeah, we need to rehearse every day. We can't miss a day. And mm -hmm. then traveling makes it more tiring. So they definitely don't, I don't think anybody understands how much it is until you actually do it. And then you're like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is intense. It just is. Even if you're a good dancer or like it's easier for you to learn the dance, it's still a lot. Like it's just it's intense, a consuming thing. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a show before and I was like, this is just so magical the way that everything is put together and just knowing all of that that's going on as well. It's just, it is like a magical little thing you guys have going on. It's very, very cool. It's really cool. It's such an amazing show. Like I love it so much. I mean- there's a reason I've wanted to do it for such a long time. <laughs> I know. It's so hard to say no to something like that. I know. It really is. 
Um, one more question. Do you think everyone can learn how to dance based on your experience with Dancing with the Stars or? Yes. I think anybody can learn a piece of choreography and dance it to a music. Okay. Like a hundred percent. Anybody can do it. Now, I don't think that everybody can become like become a dancer I think there are some people who just there's some people that they have their peak and that's like as much as they're going to be able to do and you just can't really break through there whether that's coordination whether that's like flexibility there's just some limitations that people have but I am like a firm believer that anybody if you put time into it you can learn a dance and dance it to music a hundred percent I'm going to use that little snippet and I'm going to record it for my fiance when we are going to go into learning our our first dance (laughs) don't let him bail because he can do like well the pro said you can it's so true though like it's it is so funny how many times I've started out a week with one of my partners and literally I'm like I start teaching them the first step and I'm like, I have absolutely zero idea how this is going to actually happen, <laughs> how we're going to do this. And every time it happens, like it just, it does, it always happens. It might be the easiest dance ever, but it will be a dance that they will do and it will happen. I love that so, so much <laughs> um, to transition us from that. Cause I know that you just recently came out with the decision that you decided to move on from dancing with the stars. Yeah. How, like, how was that for you? Cause I know like as being a dancer, like that, that decision of knowing that you can't do this forever is always in the back of your mind, but it's yeah. not an easy decision to make. So how did you go about that decision? How was that for you? Yeah, that was honestly the toughest decision I've ever made. Like hands down, toughest decision, not just personally, but also professionally. The year of COVID, I got pregnant with my daughter, Sage, and I missed my very first season of Dancing with the Stars um, because I was pregnant. I wasn't going to go do it with a big old bump, but I missed that season. And I had always told myself that after I had a baby, I'm like, I'll go back. Like, I want to go back just because I have a baby Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'm done. Doesn't mean I can't still do the things that I love. So I had always, always kind of prepared for that. That time rolls around. This was last fall. My daughter's like nine months old. 10 months Mm -hmm. old and we're gearing up to go. And before this, so my husband and I live in Utah. Mm -hmm. Um, He works full-time here. He has for the past four years, but before that he was doing school online. So he could come with me wherever I went. He'd come out to LA with me for the season. He'd come on tour with me with Dance with the Stars. Like Mm -hmm. he was able to kind of go wherever I was for work because he was very mobile. Um, But then he got a job here. We moved here. We have a home here. This is where my family is. His family is. Um, So this is very much home. This is home base. So then Mm -hmm. for a couple of years before having Sage, whenever we did the show, I would have to go out by myself and he would just come and visit um, on the weekends when he could which was super tough. But when it was just us, I feel like it was doable because we could still stay in contact. We could FaceTime, we could like stay in touch. But this was the first season where I was going out there um, as a mom with my daughter. And this would be the first time kind of making that move for our family. So we move out there. I obviously was like, I'm taking Sage. I'm sorry, but there's no yeah. one to leave her. So I bring her and we do the whole, the thing that we've always done where he comes out every once in a while, whenever he can get out there. Um, and it was really tough. It was tough yeah. for me. It was tough for him. It was tough on Sage. Um, I had to get nannies out there while I was gone. And that was hard. That was really, really hard. Also because like my family's all here. So it was hard for me to take her from my family. It was just, it just yeah. was so hard and so different. The sacrifice became so different than what it was before. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like, it was really hard for me because I wanted to be with my daughter. Like my, my priorities and my passions have changed so much since becoming a mom. And I don't want it to sound like it's like, I don't care about what I did before. Now that I'm a mom, it's just, my priorities are so much different. Like, yeah, to me, the most important thing obviously is her. 
So it was a very, I found it being a very different mindset for me last season. Whereas like before, when I would go out there, it was like my whole life, my whole world was dancing with the stars. Yeah. This time it wasn't. This time it was go in, work when I'm working, come home and I'm a mom full time. And yeah. that shift was really hard for me because I'm the kind of person who commits herself to things 100%. I and <laughs> it was hard. Like it was really, really, really hard to kind of have that split balance. And then on top of that, being away from my husband, Sam, and being not, I'm not like I was a single parent because I'm not, but being mm-hmm. out there by myself and it, it was really hard. So we did that. Um, and then that season ended and it was pretty tough. And then it was kind of like, okay, well, what do we want to do about this next time around? Like, we know how it was, how do we want to feel? And I mm-hmm. kind of was just like, I just want to take it as we go, like take it one day at a time and see how we're feeling getting closer. But then we also were like, we really want to expand our family. We felt like the timing was right. So we started to try to get pregnant. Um, almost eight months go by, not pregnant. Another month goes by, not pregnant. Oh and now we're getting to the point where I'm like, I need to decide if I want to do Dancing with the Stars or not. Because at yeah. one point I was thinking, I'm like, well, I might, I think I'm just going to be pregnant. So I probably won't be able to do it. But yeah, I would have made a decision for you. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm not pregnant and I need to make the decision. I le- need to let the producers know because we're getting to the point where they would be calling us being like, we want to use you. So I really had to like dig deep and think hard. And honestly, it was such a timing thing because- when I made the decision, and I mean, now my daughter's almost two. She's so much more aware of everything. She cries when dad leaves for work. She yeah. cries if I leave her with a nanny, which I know that's totally normal. And I know that people do that all the time. But mm-hmm. this just felt a little bit different. It didn't feel like the sacrifice of separating my family at this stage in her life. And also while we're actively trying to get pregnant, mm-hmm. it just didn't feel right this time around. And I, it was literally the hardest thing ever because I felt like I was like letting go of a part of me but then at the same time like I I'm not saying at all that like that door is closed like I 100% see myself circling back and feeling like maybe later on that it's a better time in my life Mm -hmm. but ultimately it was just the sacrifice that my family and I would have to make just didn't feel like it was right anymore for for that so ultimately yeah I made that decision and it was pretty crazy because made that decision. And then four weeks later, I find out I'm pregnant. So the time that was pretty insane, but also it was such like a, I feel like for me, it was very good. Like, okay, this was the right decision to make. Yeah. Almost like meant to be, because you could have said that you were going to go back and then found out you were pregnant, like in the middle of a season. Then you're like, oh shit. (laughs) Exactly. I know. Exactly. So yeah, it was hard, but part of me, like for a long time, I think a lot of me felt really guilty. Like I felt like I'd be letting people down. I felt like people were going to be mad yeah. at me. I just mm-hmm. felt like, I don't know. I guess I just worried that people would be like, just cause you're a mom doesn't mean you have to like quit on things, but yeah, it wasn't it at all. And I didn't want to like put that out there. So a lot of the decision, I think for a long time, it took me a hard time to figure it out because I just felt so guilty but then ultimately I'm like, no, like this is what's best for us right now. And I have to go with my gut and my heart. And what was so cool though, is like the dancing with the stars producers were so supportive, so understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the scariest phone call of my life. I was terrified. I was literally shaking before, but oh. literally the kindest, sweetest, most understanding ever. And then the response that I've gotten from so many people after sharing has been so much better than I ever thought it could have been. And Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for that. But I think it's because people understand that like, it really just came from a place of this is what's best for my family. So yeah, I mean, that is so understandable. And also like very empowering to like your priorities have shifted, but you it's not like you haven't 
like stopped doing things and stopped working because now you have this business that has come from you not doing Dancing with the Stars. I know it came out during um, the pandemic, but it's really beautiful now that you're kind of shifting your passions in a, in a different way, but still utilizing them. How did you know that you wanted to go into this fitness space? Is it just yeah. like fall into your lap? Is it something that you've always wanted? It is so true. I'm very, like a lot of my decision too was the fact that it's like, I do have so many things that I'm working on right now that I am passionate about. Cause I believe that's so important. I think whether you're a working mom, you're a stay at home mom, I just think it's so important to have things that are you're passionate about and that make you happy and bring you happiness, whether it makes you money or not. I just think passions are so important in life because it just, it gives you energy. Like, especially mm-hmm. as a mom, it gives me moments where I feel like I get to like give back to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful for that. And that was a huge reason. I'm like, I still have a lot of really awesome things that I'm super passionate about, but yes. Yeah, so my fitness program, I mean, obviously, and you know, if you grew up dancing, like that is just such a big part of your world. Moving yeah. your body is huge. And I don't know if you're like me, but growing up, like I never worked out ever. Mm-hmm. Never. Like, we just <laughs> you just went to the studio and yes. rehearsal and that was it. Yes. And I, the first, I remember the first time I went to the gym, it was actually when we were on tour and all the other dancers were like going to the gym every day. And I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Like, what is this thing? Like, what do you mean? What do you even do when you get there? So I was a pretty late bloomer when it comes to like going to the gym, working out, moving your body in any other way that was dance. But Mm -hmm. I remember being like 21 and this literally like that, I think 21 is around the first time that I actually like started to go work out, but I remember seeing a shift. This is when I'm on tour. I'm doing a show every day for maybe an hour and a half at night. I'm not in the studio rehearsing all day, every day. And I could tell like a shift in my energy, a shift in my body, like Mm -hmm. it just different. And I started to realize I'm like, okay, like I think I maybe need to find other ways to move my body that I enjoy so that I can incorporate that more into my life. And that's kind of when my passion for moving my body in other ways than just dance started. Mm-hmm. And then it was start of COVID. I just found out I was pregnant. Um, I was actually on tour when I found out I was pregnant. We all got sent wow. home on tour um, and I'm home. So I'm no longer dancing. There's nowhere for me to go work out. Um, I'm home all day. And I'm also kind of like not feeling my best because I'm in my first trimester. And I remember like looking for programs to join. And I was so annoyed because it was like you had your like pregnancy programs, which to me, I just was bugged because it felt like it was pigeonholing me to like something when I was yeah. like, I still want to challenge myself and like do a regular workout. But then some days mm-hmm. I think it's more easy. But then there were the ones that were like just very intimidating and all of them look freaking shredded. And I'm like, I don't feel incredible about myself right now. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want to join that either. And that's where I was like, I'm certain other people feel this way. And I was like, well, I mean, a thought popped into my head and I remember telling my manager about, manager about it. But at the time I was just like, you're so stupid. You're pregnant. Why would you even like consider Start this? A fall. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I told her, I'm like, this could be really interesting, but then some time passed in my pregnancy and I'm like, no, like I'm pregnant that like, that gives me more reason to do this, to start this program that can be for literally anybody. Mm-hmm. So anyways, decided I'm like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do as much as I can before I have my baby. And then we're going to launch this program after my baby. I'm going to get back into it. Once I'm postpartum, very ambitious thoughts going on. Yeah. Very <laughs> ambitious, very ambitious for the state of life I was in. I remember deciding I'm like, okay, I need to get 40 workouts done before I have my baby so that I can have like a good amount on the program. I started filming my first workout when I was 26 weeks pregnant. Um, I filmed my last one when I was 35 weeks pregnant. Mm -hmm. I literally cried all the time because I was just like, what am I doing? Like, why did I decide to do this? But I just like knew that it was something I needed to do. And I really wanted to commit to it. And once I had started, I'm like, 
I've got to do this. I'm so grateful I did because then I have my baby girl and then we decided to launch the program. And it was, the response was incredible because I was so impressed with how many people were like, this is so relatable. I remember being so worried and crying. I'm like, I'm filming a workout program. I'm actively gaining weight. I'm actively getting bigger. My abs are disappearing. Like why would people want to work out with me? I'm not like this symbol right now of athleticism, but Mm -hmm. I was so grateful for the response because a lot of people were like, we don't want that. We just want somewhere we can go to move our bodies to feel good about ourselves. Mm. That was the start of that. And then it just kind of grew from there. I became so, I mean, I already was very passionate about movement, but I think what propelled me is like in a year, I had so many changes. I got pregnant. I went through postpartum. I had to get back into shape to move my body and to feel good again. And I was really proud of myself. And I feel like it was the most challenging thing that my body's ever been through. And that's kind of what propelled me to just really push in that direction. And then I actually got my certified personal trainer license. So like really wanted to expand my knowledge. I feel like as a dancer before, it's like, I knew so much about my body. I knew so much about muscles Mm -hmm. and the way they work and how to avoid injury and all of that. But then getting that certification was really helpful as well to just kind of solidify what I know and feel confident in it. And yeah, now it's like been this incredible program that has so many options on there. We've got pregnancy friendly, we've got dance workouts, we've got hit workouts, Pilates, yoga, really just a wide range of everything. And I'm super excited because I'm currently working on my pre and postnatal certification and I'm planning on launching like a full pregnancy specific program and postnatal program throughout my pregnancy. So a lot of things come there, but it's like, It is so fun because it's a very much, it's a branch off of what I've loved to do my whole entire life, which is moving. And it's just a different form. And I feel like it's evolved with me through my life because when I was at my most pregnant, I wasn't dancing. I wasn't like doing all the things that I used to do. So it's been really fun to kind of find new ways to still incorporate that into my life, no matter what stage I've been in. I love that. And it's, it sounds like you like took all of your passions and all of your, like your regimented nets and you were like, now this program, which is like cool how it all worked out like that. Yes. Um, I can just see how all of that's really helped you with success in your life. And now you're creating this for other people, which is really beautiful. And I think that it, it can be really scary. I know I've worked with pregnant people and uh, pregnant women in fitness a lot. And it's like, what is right? Like, I, I have not a lot of energy, but I want to feel like I'm moving. Like, I don't want to just like be a thing for this baby for nine months. And then I like have to get it all back later. You want to like keep the energy. You want to feel good about yourself. So it's nice to have programs like that and to look at someone like you literally going through the same process. And I think what we did learn through 2020 and just like changes of the year with fitness is like, it's not always about like an end goal. A lot of times it's just about like doing something that feels good, showing up for yourself for an hour, 30 minutes, whatever it is. And I, yeah, I I love that you have, you've shifted that for your clients as well. A hundred percent. And like, For me with my program, I honestly am like, I don't want to say that like less is always what you should do, but for me, less is more like, I feel like that's a hard lesson to learn as a dancer. It really (laughs) is. I feel like there was this mentality and even I was like that. Like I felt like if I didn't go to the gym for two hours and sweat two Mm -hmm. hours straight, then I didn't do anything worth being. Oh yeah. But it's not true at all. Like really Mm -hmm. anything you can do in your day, you should be proud of and it helps you and it makes you feel better. Um, So that's like within the program, we have so many options. I mean, I have five minute workouts, 10, 15 minute. The longest is actually 30 minutes because for me, really, yes, longest is 30. Um, I put out schedules every week and I'll sometimes stack things together. So I'll do like a 30 minute with like a 15 minute stacker. But I just, 
for me personally, and I feel like for a lot of my people, 30 minutes is attainable and it's something that you can go in and give it your all. And then if you feel like you have more on top of it, you can stack it with another one if you're feeling it. But I don't know, Mm -hmm. but sometimes like when I look, when I start a video and if it's like 45 minutes to an hour, it's so daunting. It is really that daunting. I honestly feel like I don't really give it my all because I'm like, it's long. Yeah. I'm going to save myself. So I found Pacing. that like these quick, easy to throw into your day movements are just really helpful and beneficial for people. Now that you're shifting your mindset and your work to a fitness space and you're, you're helping women to be like empowered with movement, has that changed how you approach your body, how you approach how you look at your body, how you approach how you treat it, like all that, as well as like you're pregnant at the same time right now. Like how is that shifted or has it shifted with this new uh, movement club? A hundred percent. I think the biggest shift happened like my first pregnancy while I was building the program. I just had this backwards view on fitness. I felt like such an imposter. Like I'm like, I'm doing this fitness program, but I'm not in the best shape. I don't look like a fitness instructor. And I really had to like rewire my brain of like, that doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. fitness is not about how you look or what's on the scale at all. And I feel like we are as a society doing a little bit better at like approaching it in that way and not making it so much about the way we look. But I also think that's still really out there. And I think it's kind of ingrained in a lot of our brains. And Mm -hmm. I really felt this huge shift in myself of like trends, especially going through so many changes in the past three years, I've been pregnant, postpartum, healing, getting back into shape, getting pregnant again, I'm about to do it all over again. So it's like, my body has fluctuated more than it ever has in my whole entire life and learning how to be Mm -hmm. okay with those changes and understand that like, just because maybe I'm not at my top shape right now, doesn't mean my body still can't move that I shouldn't be proud of it and kind of just rolling with those changes. And that's something I've really had to work on. And honestly, like I'm grateful that this program has helped other people and I've been able to impact them, but truly it's impacted me so much, taught me so much about our bodies and what movement actually means and changing the mentality of like, I work out because I want to lose weight. I work out because I want to look good. It's more, I work out because I want to feel good. I want to be happier. I want to have more energy throughout my day. And those are the things that I notice way more now than I ever did before. It does take like energetic weight off when it's less about those goals, those numbers, those things. It's just like way better. Well, 100% because those things take time and those things don't, you don't notice those. You don't work out and then be like, wow, I look immediately better. No, that's not how it works. But you do work out Mm -hmm. and say, wow, I feel pretty good. Or that Mm -hmm. boosted my like happiness. Like those are instant things that we can measure instead of focusing on those things that might come with it, might not, but they're not the reason that we should be doing it. And I think it's been huge, especially in pregnancy. Like I kind of learned this in my first pregnancy, but I feel like I was a little bit hesitant in the beginning to work out just because I was nervous. I didn't know what I could do. But one of the best things that I've found to combat combat like first trimester nausea and exhaustion is working out and moving my body, Mm. which is so interesting because I feel like that's something that you would think I don't feel good. I shouldn't work out, but truly it helps so much. Like even if it's just five minutes, I feel like I have more energy. I'm not going to say that it magically eliminates your nausea because I think that's literally impossible but I will Mm -hmm. say it helps a lot it gets me out of my Mm -hmm. head it helps me with my breathing helps me focus on like being a little bit more in tune with my body and it's helped me through that a lot over the past couple weeks so that's been good good to know yeah I'll put that in the back of my head remember that remember that (laughs) you don't feel like working out or moving your body try it I promise it really does always help one more question on that with the clients that you work with anything that you've like picked up on them or learned from them or say someone that is looking to start this fitness journey who like doesn't really know where to start like anything that you kind of learn from your community that you're 
you felt? Yeah, I've learned a lot from them. I think when starting this program, I overthought a lot of things. I filmed these mm-hmm. videos. I like put all this crazy music to, I put graphics on the screen. I had all the rep counts out and people were like, we don't. Re-. And then of course asking like, do you like this? They're like, we don't really care. We just want to move our bodies with you. We're not worried mm-hmm. about all the extra things. So I think it goes back to less is more like mm. don't overthink it. Just move, just do this with somebody have a community and like be consistent with it. So that was huge. And the next was really trying to help people and guide them. Like you said, people who are coming to me for the very first time, who've never worked out before and understanding that a lot of people are in that position and trying Mm -hmm. to kind of cater to them. So I actually started creating a lot of different programs within my program, if that makes sense. So you have a beginner program and we have a like beginner intermediate, beginner advanced. And that's something where like, if you have never worked out before and you want to, you sign up for my program, Program and you're just trying it out for the week for the seven day free trial. You start this beginner program. It walks you through a four week schedule, tells you what workout to do on which day. And I found it's been so encouraging for a lot of those people who don't know what to do. Cause it can be scary. Like if you yeah. worked out before you join a program, you see a list of 150 videos. You're like, what do I do? Where do I start? So creating mm-hmm. schedules, which I do a weekly schedule for all of my members every single week. But then within that, I've also created programs for someone who's like, I've never worked out before. What do I do? I give them a beginner schedule where it's like maybe three workouts for the first two weeks, go back, go up to four by the end, you're doing five a week and kind of helping them just guide them through it. And that's been really helpful for them. I love a roadmap. Very smart. You are balancing a lot. You're pregnant, you're a mom, you have multiple businesses, like any advice that you have for other people in similar spaces who want to start their own thing? Just like how you actually, I mean, balance is like the worst word to use, but like how you actually balance all of those things that you're doing. Yeah. Balance can be hard. I think you've got to check in with yourself and all the things you have going on and really prioritize first, what brings you the most joy and what you feel like is the most like progressive. I think sometimes we can get stuck in ruts of like trying to make something happen without sitting down and actually realizing like, maybe that's not the route I'm supposed to go. Maybe this is a different way. Also, the biggest thing I can say is be open to maybe being caught off guard with what comes your way. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times when we want to start something or when we have this passion, we like have this set vision of how we think it's going to go. And it doesn't always go like that. Roll with the punches and kind of just take it in stride and be willing to shift and change. And that's where Mm -hmm. I found the most success is in those moments where I'm like, open to really anything. Um, balance is really rough though. Like that. I really do. I work on that every single day. I think you just yeah. got to really know your priorities before you get into something and attack things in that direction. Cause your happiness and like peace of mind and sanity is the most important thing. And if you're mm-hmm. putting things at the top of your list that don't make you happy or help you feel fulfilled or proud of yourself, then everything else below it is going to fail. So make sure you're taking care of those really like important fulfilling things first so that you can give your best to everything else you seem very like you have a very good head on your shoulders oh, <laughs> you're a very so good nice. example of that. I say these things but like that doesn't mean I always do them but that's yeah, what I exactly. tell myself I really try to remember that you say it really well so oh, thanks. that's all that matters right like, yeah. oh, gosh. <laughs> and one other thing I wanted to ask you is you are a very forward-facing figure I mean you've been on tv for a while you have a lot of like people who look up to you and who follow you and that always comes with a lot of downsides of that where I've seen people on social media always love to 
input some negative things within all of the good. So like, it seems like you do that very well. Does that require like you setting yourself up for success in a certain way? Like, how do you manage that with all the things that you're doing? Yeah, that is really hard. And there's mm-hmm. like waves where it's really easy to deal with and waves where it's like, just not because you're just like, yeah. I can't deal with this right now. You know, I am certain. I feel like Bachelor Nation is the most intense, aggressive people. They're also the most supportive. Um, yeah. My partner was Matt James last season and like the support, yeah. it's like you have your diehards, but then you also have like your diehards that are just determined to like tear people down. I yeah. learned so much about that while I was with that. <laughs> But it's tough. It really is. People can be brutal. And there's Mm -hmm. just people out there that are just there to get you down. I think the biggest things that's helped me combat that is understanding like the kind of person it takes to do that, to want to bring somebody down, especially somebody they don't even know. And kind of looking at it from that way, having, I mean, it's hard, but like a little bit of empathy for them being like, man, that must be a really miserable life if this is Mm -hmm. you're spending any minute of your day doing. And kind of looking at it in that way, instead of letting it make you feel bad. But then the other thing that I've really just tried to focus on, and this is even before, because when I first started out my career, like social media was not what it is Mm -hmm. now. I mean, yeah. Uh, the first season I did was 10 years ago and Instagram was like a blip. Like it was nothing like, it yeah. was just like eh. you didn't really have that. It wasn't until the past like six, seven ish years where I really noticed people starting to do that. So even before that, like my mentality across the board with other people's opinions of you is like really just heavily rely and only care and put value in the opinions of the people that genuinely love you and that you love. Yeah. Those are the people that matter. Those are the people that are going to tell you the truth are going to be real with you when maybe you're doing something you shouldn't be, or when they don't think you're on the right path, but everybody else is just freaking stories. Like they really are. They know nothing about you. They don't know who you are as a person and it's easier said than done. But like, I really, really tried to remember that. And I also, this is kind of something I've always done, even before all this fame came into play. I Mm -hmm. do things a lot with humor. So like, I really try to like, look at it as funny. Like when people Mm -hmm. try to like comment on my appearance, which not try to when they do all the time, like I kind of try to take it with a grain of salt and just kind of laugh about it. Kind of find a little bit of humor in it. It's not always easy, but it helps a little but yeah. I don't know. How do you do it? Cause truly like you guys deal with a lot. And I feel like it's so hard for you because I kind of was eased into the spotlight. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like I did yeah, yeah, yeah. a while and I had experience with it, but it's like, yeah, that makes sense. someone like you, like you get shot out of cannon and then all of a sudden yeah. everybody's commenting on your life and who you are as a person. I can't even yeah. imagine. <laughs> It's really rough and it's literally overnight and you don't really know the extent it's going to happen until you're literally in the thick of it. I just recommend never going on Reddit ever. Oh, Reddit <laughs> is the worst. It it's is the worst. Accessible. Yes. It's the worst. It's- um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a lot of like learning how to figure it out because you cannot know that information overnight. It takes like a lot of lessons, a lot of like learning who you can trust, a lot of just like increasing the thickness of your skin. It's luckily not like that so much anymore, but like right when you're on the show and right when you're right after, it's brutal, like in both ways. Yeah. And like from episode to episode, you could be like on top of the world, one episode, the next episode, they're literally sending you actual death threats. Like that's a real thing. So... (sighs) Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's never like, and it's funny cause it happens to everyone, no matter like if you are Matt James and you're the bachelor or if you're just like a contestant on the show, it happens in every level. Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's really wild. It's so crazy. And it's so sad. Cause it's just, like, yeah, really? It's, mm-hmm. it's so hard. Yeah. I always think about that. Like I am kind of grateful that I feel like 
I was really geared up and ready for this kind of age of social media bullying. Like I really was because a lot of my mm-hmm. life was that. And then once social media became such a big thing, like I was kind of used to hearing people's opinions about me and having to be true. Yeah. I don't really care or I do care and yeah. with it in that way. So it makes it, I don't want to say it makes it easier, but I feel like maybe I was a little bit used to it, but I mm-hmm. always think about you guys. I'm like, I can't even imagine going from just a life where like you and your family, mm-hmm. normal friends, life. Yeah. And then all <laughs> of a sudden it's like, everybody is commenting on yeah. everything you're doing. And I just, I can't even imagine, but you seem like you've handled it all really well. So that's good. That makes me try. We made it through the worst of it. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so. Uh, so crazy. This was beautiful. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for everything. I have like one or two final questions before I leave you, but yeah. I just wanted to say thank you so much. This was so fun. So fun. Um, first question, I because I know you do a lot of sharing in social social spaces and like all the work that you do. Has there ever been a time that you've like overshared or learned something from oversharing? Would you change that or would you continue to do that moving forward afterwards? That's interesting. I've never really thought about that. I <laughs> I feel like I'm the kind of person that it would take a really crazy thing for me to feel like I overshared. Like uh-huh. I'm very open, which you I seem open. <laughs> yeah, I'm very open. So I feel like <laughs> I, I don't think I've had that experience yet, thankfully. But I do think there's a lot of things that people are like, I wish you wouldn't have said that or I wish you didn't do that. Like I'm very open about all the things about life. So mm-hmm. for me personally, I just that's very much who I am. I'm that way with my friends, family, with anybody who meets me. I'm just I'm very open. Mm-hmm. So I've never felt anything about it. But then again, I will say like there definitely are things that I keep private. Like family to me is the most important thing. I'm not gonna over like share anything about my family that isn't making mm-hmm. they're comfortable with. My husband, it's so funny because my husband is like polar opposite of me as far as like his social media presence. He doesn't even have an Instagram. He hasn't in years. He literally doesn't even know what I do on Instagram half the time. Like it's very refreshing. I know. It's honestly kind of great, but it's like his, he's not really into that, which is totally Mm -hmm. fine. But that's like a thing where a lot of people would be like, why do you never show Sam on your Instagram? I'm like, because he doesn't really care to be on it and I'm not going to force him. So I think there are parts of my life that I really do keep private. I think Mm -hmm. one thing is because I share a lot, I think Mm -hmm. people expect a lot from me. And that's kind of when it gets annoying. Like, it's like, no, like it's still my life. I get to choose what I do and don't want to share. And I think a lot of times it's become like, I think people think I'm going to just share everything. Sometimes if I ever keep something to myself, people are like, well, that's not okay. You have to tell us everything. I'm like, no, I actually don't. So (laughs) (laughs) you're allowed to have some things for yourself. Yes, exactly. Second question, what with the movement club specifically or any of the work that you do, what do you want to be known for? remembered by. I just hope that people like see me as the kind of person who puts a hundred percent into everything that I do. And that like, when I do something, it's because I truly believe in it. I have a passion behind Mm -hmm. it. I'm not just doing it for any other motive rather than because I truly believe in it. Um, and also I hope they see that like I, my family will always come first and that they're the most Mm -hmm. important thing. And being a mom is like the thing I'm most proud of ever. Yeah. Oh gosh, so many other things. I'm like, how how many options do I have? <laughs> Those are great options. And I, I do feel like that you are doing that and that reads Thanks. just from the actions that you've taken and just how you show up. And even just like this hour with us, I think that definitely reads. So thank you. You're great. so nice. You're making me feel really good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, last question. Any last leaving thought or piece of advice that you want to end us on? I think for me right now with the stage of life that I'm in, like being a mom, going into being a mom of two, I think just like to every woman out 
out there, whether you're in that stage or you're not, like give yourself grace, whatever you're going through is valid, like do the best that you can be proud of yourself. Anything that you can give is better than nothing. So I think sometimes we hold ourselves to standards of like, we have to be this, but Mm -hmm. just really try to like be present and be proud of where you're at right now. I love that. Amazing. Lindsay, thank you so much for all of this. Like I said, where can everyone find you, follow you, get the movement club, all of the things that you have going on? Drop all that for us, yeah. please. Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lynn's Arnold. You can follow my workout program at the Movement Club. You can join the Movement Club by going to movementclub.com. You can start a seven-day free trial to see if it's kind of right for you. And yeah, I think that's everything. I'll link all of that so everyone can go and work out with you. And Yay. amazing. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. It was so good to chat with you. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.